When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Is Howie Roseman getting ready to do something crazy? Hit the like button. Your boy Big Seals here on the National Football Show. Wow. You got Ben Simmons night, Philly. Commander Wentz to the Commanders. And will Howie Roseman do something crazy? I know there's reports out there. By the way, little intel. Little bit of intel. Grand jury most likely will not indict Deshaun Watson on Friday. Whoa. Will not indict Deshaun Watson on Friday. Now, that doesn't mean he's out of the woods yet. Because you know that you have Caesar on Park Avenue that could come down with some type of suspension for him, Roger Goodell. So just because he clears one hurdle, he's still got another hurdle that he's going to have to clear, I believe. But I don't think it's going to be as demonstrative as other people think. Oh, he's going to get a year. He's already been out a year. Okay? Commander Wentz, first and foremost. It's funny, you know, I was just watching uh, some of the highlights on how well Uh, James Harden is playing and how people are saying best duo in the East, maybe the best duo in all the NBA. And tonight you're going to get a great look at another great duo, Kyrie Irving and KD. I mean, look, am I right when I say this tonight? By the way, my boy Xander's going to be there and probably Barrett too. Oh, great stuff with Barrett um, at the, uh, okay, in the middle, man. Okay, hey, get this. So Xander could be on television tonight. He's sitting right next to the bench. Must be great to know Papa Joe, man. <laughs> yeah. Must be great. Papa Joe get him a, a, a seat right next to the bench. Holy cow. Dude, Kyrie Irving. Chris is right, man. The dude's on fire, man. This guy dropped a 50 piece the other night, right? Holy cow. You're going to have... The two best duos in basketball, in my opinion, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are not in a conversation with these two guys. Kevin Durant may be the best seven-foot shooter, perimeter shooter in the history of the league, him and Dirk, right? And then you got Kyrie Irving, who's a magician with the basketball. You got one of the best scorers in history and James Harden, and you got the best five in the game right now, Joel Embiid. 
I mean, oh, and Ben Simmons on the bench. For Philly fans to boo. Hey, if I were Carson Wentz, okay, if I were Carson Wentz, I'd be watching what happens at Wells Fargo tonight. (laughs) Bro, hey, hey, man, I'd be watching because this is what you're in store for. When Philly fan gets a hold of you, and by the way, it doesn't matter if it's up at, okay, FedEx Field, or if it's at the link, they're coming and get you. Because now you're back in the Eagle Sandbox. Okay, you're in the Eagle Sandbox now. Oh, by the way, bottom of the hour, Seth Joyner, he will join us. We'll get his perspective on all of this. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Look, look, look at Washington Wentz. Bring the batteries, boys. Holy cow. What a week of sports. What a week, man. What a week. Commander Wentz. I know many of you hate to say this, and I know many of you hate to have to agree with Big Sills. But guys, say it with me. The commanders are the top seed right now in the NFC East. Can you say it with me? The Washington commanders are the top seed. If we were ranking teams in the NFC East, say it with me. Carson Wentz, his commanders are now officially the top seed. Look at big picking as of today. (laughs) Washington sucks. Chris, fall sills. Don't troll us. Wait, wait, wait. You you think this is San Diego? Or you think this is New York or Miami or L.A. or that snowflake city you worked at in San Francisco? You can't troll Philly fans, bro. Let's have a great show. Chalk it up sports. How can you not when there's so much great content out there? Kyle says, screw that. This is the bird show, dude. Steve says it, man, and you're right, Steve. You're right. Carson Wentz has a locker room problem. We're going to talk about that. Carson Wentz does not have a talent problem. He does not have a talent problem. Now, look, we could say this. Can he throw the touch pass? No. Okay, does he have a huge arm? Absolutely. Can I tell you whose arm he reminds me of? You guys are going to think this is absolutely insane. He's got an arm like John Elway. John Elway could throw a football through a brick wall. So can Carson. John Elway's big issue was touch. His entire career was touch. Carson Wentz's entire career is the touch pass. You know why Carson Wentz has troubles throwing the ball? Get this, the dump pass? You know why he holds on to the ball? I I realize this and I rationalize this out. Do you know why Carson Wentz holds on to the football too long? Do you know why? He has no touch to throw the pass to the running back. He can't throw the dump pass. Can you imagine that? He could throw it 70 yards. 
This guy's got one of the biggest arms in NFL history. He can't throw the ball five yards. No touch. Tell me I'm wrong. That's why he holds on to it so long. Because he doesn't have confidence in throwing the dump pass. I talked to Mark Tressman today about this. Quarterback guru guy. Can't throw the dump pass. That's why he sits back and he waits for someone to open, even if there's a running back in his face. Frank Reich worked all year. Get the ball to Jonathan Taylor out of the backfield. He couldn't do it. Look at how he handled himself in that Titans game. Why do you think Zach Ertz was his number one target his entire time, really, in Philadelphia? I have finally figured out his weaknesses. Carson Wentz. He's not a very good locker room guy, and he can't throw the dump pass. He, he has zero confidence. Most of the fumbles and most of the strip sacks and all those other things all result in throw it either away or throw the dump pass. That is clearly his issue. Okay? This is according to Xander, and Xander doing his great due diligence for our show here, the National Football Show with Big Sales. The Eagles were on the brink of landing a deal for Calvin Ridley before he was suspended. How's that for you? They were targeting Calvin Ridley of the Falcons. And Calvin Ridley blew the deal up, obviously. Breaking news, Jay Glazer. Calvin Ridley was going to be an Eagle. 11 million bucks, how he was going to take that contract on. There was going to be your other guy. Wow. Wow. There is so much news going on. Wow, man. And you know what I really love about it, too? It surrounds the NFC East. Cowboys, Giants, God knows what they're going to do. Calvin Ridley and the Eagles and the Falcons were on the brink of a deal to bring Ridley to Philadelphia. Then the suspension happened. Obviously, all bets are off. Man, how would you, you Calvin, hey, Devontae Smith, Calvin Ridley, Dallas Goddard, pretty good looking. Pretty damn good looking. Still get him in the future? Potentially. Potentially. Steve says that hurts. No, Ellen hurts. <laughs> uh, oh man, right? Cheaper later on, dude. Nobody's cheaper in the NFL. You think Deshaun Watson's going to be cheap? Hey, watch this. If that guy doesn't get an indictment on Friday, you think his price tag goes up or down? I'm guessing up. I'm guessing up. 
man, they were going to land Calvin Ridley, man. Unbelievable, man. That's, that's again, that's per Jay Glazer. Great job there, Xander. All right. Let's get into Commander Wentz. We had a great conversation today, Barrett and I, but you know what we do here on this show. We do it a little different here. Right? We go back and forth. We hit on topics, and I kind of go back with you guys, and we have this nice relationship here that we talk about these topics. And I'm going to answer all you guys. Okay? Ask you this here. And I asked this question earlier, and I want to revisit it. Who wins more games over the next four years? Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? Who wins more games? By the way, if you guys want to add this year, I mean, quite frankly, what? What was Jalen's record? Eight and seven? He didn't play in one of those games, right? Wentz is nine and eight. Could look at it that way or we could start the clock now. Duck says Wentz. M. Reyes says Hurts easily. Steve neither. FSG Hurts. Big Chris, interesting take. Eagles. Chris says Hurts. Silio, who wins more playoff games over the next few years? Hurts. Well, Hurts is 0 1 now. Jalen. It depends, as currently constructed, the commanders. If Howie actually hits on picks, hurts. Anthony, great take. That's why it's so important for the Eagles not to miss. Because the commanders, I really do believe, guys, all kidding aside, no trolling, I do really believe that the commanders, because of their defense, I I, I, I think they're, watch this, I think they're an eight, and I think that the Eagles are a 7.5. I think the East could have three teams get to the postseason this year. I think Cowboys, Eagles, and Washington could get to the postseason this year. Okay? Personally, I think Dallas is not going to have a winning record, but we'll see who ends up getting whacked off that team because of cap restrictions. Vaselli says Hurts. Hurts won't be there. Hmm. The Washington O-line is awful. Smile. What if they draft one of those top guys and he falls in their lap because someone's going to draft a quarterback like Seattle? Or they go in the open market and they get the kid from New Orleans. You can improve your team overnight nowadays in the NFL. Ask the Cowboys. They get Micah Parsons. They get a brand-new coordinator. Cowboy defense didn't look the same. Dan brings a great one up. How about this one, guys? Carson Wentz is already affecting Washington. Landon Collins was cut. He's 28, and he's a safety. How'd you like to have that dude with Bobby Wagner on your team? Bobby Wagner and Landon Collins. On the Eagle defense. How you doing? How are you doing? So the three three moves. How we could do this. Edge rusher in the draft. Right? Bobby Wagner. 
And by the way, I heard 13 teams are lining up already, and teams in the NFC East are lining up for Bobby Wagner. Teams in the West want him. What? I'm hearing San Francisco wants his ass. Bobby Wagner. You get, hey, watch this, W2. Jonathan Gannett sucks. You put Bobby Wagner and you put Landon Collins on your defense, you're improved automatically, and so will Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon can probably land an NFL head coaching job if everything falls in line where Howie, the defense, Nick Sirianni, everybody puts the proper pieces together. See, this thing's like a it's like a chessboard right now. You've got certain pieces on the chessboard. You just got to put them in the right squares right now. Okay? You got to put them in the right squares. Somebody is going to land the right pieces on the squares. Is it going to be Dallas, Washington, or Philly? Right now, Washington has landed a piece on the square that matters, the quarterback. You lose Landon Collins in the process. That's a hit. That's a hit. You see, Eagles may not have made a move yet, but the Eagles haven't lost a position player that they would, they would be counting on. Landon Collins, you'd be counting on. Okay? That's kind of a loss for Washington. But they're looking at, hey, guys, Washington has just telegraphed their draft. Kyle Hamilton. Figured it out talking to you guys. Kyle Hamilton's going to be drafted by Washington. That's a slam dunk if he's there. Here, let me take a look at that. What other safety? They're going to take safety with their first pick. Washington's got the 11th pick. Yeah. Or they're going to go in free agency and go after Marcus Williams, Jesse Bates, Honey Badger. Washington's got to figure that out. Do I go free agency and do I go for this kid, Marcus Williams? Because now you look at Washington and Washington now can sell you this. Look, we've got the quarterback that we need. I don't care what anybody says. This guy had a Pro Bowl seat and you're going to sell it like that to people. Bates got franchised. Okay, thank you guys. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay, that, so we'll take him off the list. Bates got franchised. Let me do that. I want to double check. I want to make sure of that. Bengals franchised him, okay? That's good for Cincy. Boatload of money, too. 60-some million dollars under the salary cap. You have to do that, but you also have to go into free agent if you're Cincy, and you got to get OTs and OGs, and you got to get offensive linemen to protect that number one guy you got throwing the ball for you. Okay? 
So to me, good. Honey Badger and Wagner. Man. Hugh says MLB may have ended the riff. Oh, they still got that thing going on? Who would have thunk, right? It's always great. to. Hey, guess what, Hugh? It's always great when billionaires and millionaires are arguing with people are paying $10 a gas for um, gasoline, $10 a gallon. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. You know, Major League Baseball, you know what they should have did? They should have did that stuff in private because it looks so unbecoming right now. Coming out of a pandemic, we got a war going on. Americans are struggling at the dinner table. Gasoline prices through the roof. And you're having a millionaire and billionaire debate in public. It's always working out for your, for your sport. How stupid can you be? How stupid, though? Right? You just drive fans away. I'm going to move the All-Star game because, you know, um, voting, voting laws. Hey, you moved it to a state that had tougher voting laws. Did you do your homework? What a bunch of butt sticks. Big Pickens says, Badger fits Philly. Kind of hurt a lot. Okay? I'm going to tell you who I think. I, I, look, as I said it on the middle today, Carson Wentz has to do this. He has to fix things. You think Ron Rivera can fix Carson Wentz? See, these are all things. All you have to do is submit. I don't want to hear Carson Wentz talking about excuses, why it failed in Indianapolis and why it failed in Philly. That's rear view mirror stuff, but learn from those mistakes. Carson Wentz's biggest issues that he had in Philly, he didn't ask for help. Why didn't he go? You, you, quite frankly, a little bit of the coordinator's issues. They should have saw he couldn't throw the dump pass. You can't have that in your offense with Carson Wentz. He can't throw it. Ask for help. That's not something I'm comfortable doing. That's leadership. That's not being uncoachable. Play to your, play to your strengths. Just go, I, I, I'm not really good at that yet. I need to work at that more. And by the way, Wentz needs to work at that too. What made Brady so great, Brady continued to work, continued to work, continued to work, continued to work to get that arm strength up. Wentz has got too much pride. Pride's one of those seven deadlies, you know? It is. Pride's one of them seven deadlies, man. Gets you all the time. It's all right to ask for help. It's totally all right to ask for help, man. All right, guys. Listen, we're very proud of the fact that we now have people coming to the program like our friends at Manscaped. We are so proud to have them with us here. And again, proud sponsors now, the National Football Show with Big Sales. These guys are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped protects the family jewels, as I tell you, better than Fort Knox. Join the over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to get the job done here. We got an exclusive offer for you here, folks. 20% off. Free worldwide shipping. Use the promo code Cilio. S as in Sam, I-L-E-O. 
at manscaped.com. Eight million balls. Can you imagine that? That's what's being protected by Manscaped here. I'm going to show you my legendary package. There it is. Oh, and look at the inside of the box. Is that not dope? Your balls will thank you. Thank you very much. Look at this thing. How you doing? Huh? Yeah, you're looking at it. You're going like this. Oh, whoa. I'm going to show you the weed whacker. Wife loves the weed whacker. There it is. There's the weed whacker, baby. That's right. Legendary grooming tool there, too. Get 20% off for free shipping. Use the promo code Silio, S as in Sam ILEO at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Use the promo code Silio, S as in Sam ILEO. Unlike your confidence, always use the right tools to get the job done. That's manscaped.com. We will have Seth Joyner on, and we'll throw all these topics at our good friend Seth Joyner. He joins the National Football Show next. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy Dan Silio, Seth Joyner, to join us here. Legendary Seth Joyner. Um. 
Darius Leonard of the Colts did step up for Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. And I guess in his time there, what is it, four or five different quarterbacks have gone through the building. Here we go again. Good luck to you, Carson. A lot of people were saying that Carson Wentz had lost the locker room in Indianapolis. There's reports out there that he had lost the locker room again. That comes down to being a good teammate. Look, guys, you don't have to like everybody that's in your building or in your locker room. But you got to respect the people that are in your locker room. Okay? You got to play with them. You got to eat with them. You got to bleed with them. You don't have to be complete boys, man. But you got to be a good teammate. You got to be a good dude. And by the way, I'm not talking about choir boys either. You're not going to win championships with choir boys. But you got to have a good dude. God, it stands for something. Have to have those men in the locker room. Because, guys, if you don't stand for one thing in your life, you'll fall for everything. That's something that is played out in human mankind all the time. If you don't have one thing, one thing I stand for is my family. That's it. Everything else is just added on to my life. I want to be a good dad. I want to be as good a husband as I possibly can be. Everything else is secondary to me. All the things that I've done in my life, they're the Christmas balls because you have to have a foundation. Wentz doesn't look at it like that. He's got to work in this. You can't hear the same thing and the same rhetoric being thrown at people. And you thought he goes to a guy who understood him in Frank Reich. By the way, I'll tell you guys, I had a conversation with Frank. The three guys agreed it was time to move on. That's Jim Mersey, Chris Ballard, the GM in Indianapolis. And also Frank said, look, Frank knew he can't put his head out there any longer for it to be extended to be chopped off. Frank Reich is now officially on the hot seat in Indianapolis. It's got to work. He convinced them, let's bring that in. Remember something, too, what the Eagles did. The Eagles spent $38 million last year of dead money just to get him off the roster, just to get him out of the locker room. Dude, $38 million bucks. Woo! That's, that's got to be a record when it comes to eating money because you hate somebody that much. And I don't think it's so much that they hated Wentz. They just hated what Wentz represented. The reason why people were attracted to Nick Foles was because of the scenario where everything is going on here, where people are looking at Foles and saying, here's a guy, man, that's gone through the trials and tribulations and stuff. And everybody identified with him. I mean, really, bro, you've got to work on that. And you know what's crazy about working on being a good teammate? It's just being a good listener. I made this comment to you earlier about Tom Brady when he got to Tampa. I asked Bruce Arians, what was Brady like to have around? You know what he said? He goes like this, man. First thing Brady did was he called Jason Light, the general manager. He got every phone number of every player on the roster. Not who was going to be on the team, but the roster. 
called every guy. Hey, man, Tom Brady coming down to play in Tampa. I'm so looking forward to you as a teammate. I can't wait. Brady knew the secret, and part of the secret sauce is being a good teammate, especially at that position. Look, being a defensive tackle on a football team or being a quarterback on the team, there's different expectations. You're more centric in how you approach the game. You're more centric in how you look at things. When you're the quarterback, you've got to see everything. You've got to be a good listener. You've got to be a guy who understands. I mean, look at how Tom Brady, even this year, in adversity in Tampa with, with Antonio Brown, Brady still refused to trash him because you know why? Brady knew this. If I trash Antonio Brown, that's going to be a reflection of how other people see me potentially. He wasn't going to let Antonio Brown ruin the one thing that made Tom Brady the greatest football player of all time. His leadership and his ability to be able to motivate men. All the guys he motivated. Have you ever heard anybody talk shit on Tom Brady? You know how rare that is? I've never heard a teammate except A.B. But then again, A.B.'s got a track record of that. Ah, ben sucked. Tomlin sucked. Arian sucked. I know, A.B. Everyone sucks but you. You see a guy like that when you're Tom Brady, you really don't have to say much. You know what I'm saying? You, you really don't. You don't have to say no, very much. Because you understand the room. Carson Wentz has so got to work on this. It's got to be something that he works on. And can Ron Rivera work this out of him? Two things that you have to look at with Wentz. Dude, don't turn the ball over. I don't care about the spectacular play. Jimmy Johnson used to say this to us all the time. Bro, I don't care about phenomenal plays. I care about the dumb play. You're the guy that cost us the win. You're the dude that cost us the ability to be able to win a football game. Can't have that, man. You've got to have a great, absolutely a great locker room. Legit, Sills. You know, yesterday, National Meatball Day. I had three of them yesterday and two this morning. I had a meatball. Um, I had a meatball sandwich, brother. I love my wife's meatballs. Duck says, Sills, it's not that easy. It took me until I... That's a great point, Duck. It took me until I was in my late 30s to understand how to be a great teammate and leader instead of just being good at my job. Duck, Xander, put that up. Best take of the day. Right there. Right there. Excellent, Duck. Excellent. So what you're basically saying is Carson Wentz hasn't grown up yet. Carson Wentz is immature still. Yeah. 
That's completely it. That's great. Good job, Duck. Can he be fixed, though? He's got to want to be fixed. Hey, you're Jalen Hurts. How do you feel about this move? How do you feel about Carson now in the NFC East? If you're Jalen, do you care? Does it bug you? You got to worry about your own building. You are where your feet are. Does it bug the Eagles? I'll tell you what, it makes games interesting for fans. I agree with you, Picking. I don't think he cares either. Jalen's got enough to worry about keeping his job because the organization, hey, you know what would be, but then again, you know what? Have the Eagles really basically come out and basically just said this? Hey, man, our confidence in the fact that we haven't really done anything. James says, silly old Carson's a crybaby. Nah, he's a grown ass, you know what, that can't be fixed. Bob doesn't think he can be fixed. He cares about beating Washington, not about beating Carson Wentz. Anthony says he probably won't care, but the difference is when you're surrounded by elite talent everywhere, you can only go so far. We've seen Hurts' ceiling. I agree with you. John says this. Thank you, John. Honestly comes down to winning. Tough to change your personality. It is. They rallied around him in 2019. Herbert seems quiet, but he plays well. Oh, he plays like he's 10 feet tall. Sydney says, you think Watts is still on Howie's menu? Absolutely. I, personally, I think he's not going to be indicted on Friday. You guys will be able to come after me on Friday if he is indicted. But from all speculation and what people are saying, not, they don't believe he's going to be indicted. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to have to worry about getting over the hurdle. By the way, Seth's running a little behind. We're waiting on him a little bit here, so all good. No worries. Anthony says, just imagine if Calvin Ridley never did what he did and the trade went through. Wow. Top flight wide out playing in uh, Philadelphia, in case you missed it. Jay Glazer reported that there was a deal for Calvin Ridley with the Eagles and the Falcons to bring Ridley to Philly. But because of what happened in the league investigation into his gambling, obviously that deal's now off the table. We'll see what happens when he gets reinstated, if he gets reinstated. More may come out in that in that case. And remember something else about this too, guys. Something else to think about here, okay? Something else to think about with that, with that Ridley case. There's really not. He's suspended a year. He's suspended indefinitely. That could go into more time. He is actually potentially going to miss more time than what Deshaun Watson has. What a week. Absolutely, what a week. If Ridley got signed, oh my God, that would have been off the charts, man. Is this a Carson Wentz show now? 
No, this is an NFC East show now. Because that guy coming into your division matters. What, you don't, what, you think it's all centric around one team or you don't think that everybody that makes a move inside the division is a precursor to what potentially you're going to have to do in free agency or in the draft? You're crazy if you think not. Okay, how are you going to get, you guys think Wentz sucks, right? How are you getting to him with the 31st ranked pass rush? How are you getting to him? Now there's even more of a priority to get a pass rusher and an edge rusher. You got Dak and him you got to deal with. Whatever you think of Wentz, he's still a top flight quarterback. His numbers dictate it. Does he have horrible moments? Yes. He's a franchise quarterback. He's just not an elite one. You guys are not dissecting that enough. Is he Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Brady, guys like that? No. Kyler, Kyler Murray's a franchise quarterback. Joe Burrow has a chance to be elite. How about this? You think Matthew Stafford's an elite quarterback? I don't. Matthew Stafford, up in Detroit? He, go ahead, Megatron, too. Go ahead, Megatron. You think Matthew Stafford's an elite quarterback? You look at him and you go, that guy, man, I mean, holy cow. That, that's elite. Man, that dude ain't no elite quarterback. He's got a right. Big Chris said it. He's got an elite arm. He's got an elite arm. Guy four and three in the postseason. Okay? He's under 500 as a starting quarterback in the league. You want to know something? Carson Wentz has actually got three to one touchdowns to interception ratio over his career compared to Matthew Stafford. Okay? When you look at Wentz's numbers, again, I know the numbers, you look at them, you're going like this, holy cow. Andrew says, it is an arms race now in the NFC East. How we must reply. Thank you. He can throw the ball deep. That don't make you elite. So can Wentz. Safford got hurt every year. Hey, dude, you know why that, 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 that whole Detroit talk with Stafford goes nowhere with me? I saw Joe Burrow go into Cincinnati and change the entire franchise around. And Cincinnati's another graveyard of quarterbacks. That's a graveyard place. They were in the Super Bowl a few months ago. So that crap doesn't fly with me any longer. It just doesn't, man. It just really doesn't. I could not wait to get my friend on here, Seth Joyner. By the way, man, his his podcast is dope. They do a great job on it, Seth. That's one well of a podcast you have, man. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. You got a lot of big names on it. Thanks so much for doing this for me, man. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. I've been on hiatus. You know, I decided, you know, between my work in Philly, doing pre and post game for all the Eagles games and 
you know, doing a podcast, you know, every week, man, I was just toast after the Super Bowl. So I kind of been on hiatus, you know, since the Super Bowl, you know, that Tuesday, we did a show post Super Bowl. And since then, um, I just been trying to recharge my battery and get ready, you know, for the new um, NFL year coming up here next Wednesday. Absolutely. And let's start here. And let's start with the big news in the NFC East. What's your take on Carson Wentz going to a third team in three years and going to the Washington Commanders? Um, well, you know, it, it's for me, it's it's like the little rascals. You know, the little rascals always say they never learn. You know, when I look at Carson Wentz, this is a situation where the kid, you know, just can't figure it out. You know, the same rhetoric and the same rumors that followed him out of Philadelphia into Indianapolis um, have seen to run him out of Indianapolis even after one year. Um, you, you can't be upset with 37 touchdowns and I believe, you know, nine interceptions, you know, but it's it's his play. What you saw in in that regard isn't what was so upsetting as the situations and critical situations in games, some of the boneheaded plays that he made. And then, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, locker room deal and how you deal with, you know, your teammates and how you deal with coaches and being coached hard and, um, you know, being one of the guys and not, you know, alienating yourself and, you know, really stepping into the true leadership um, as, of, of the true leader of the team um, in that position. He just has not figured out how to master that yet. And I would surmise to you after six years in the NFL, if he hasn't figured it out, he's probably not going to figure it out. We're going to see the same thing happen, you know, in um, in Washington all over again. You know, listen, the um, his last year in Philadelphia, I can remember um, after the fourth game of the season, you know, pre and post game, I said, hey, you know, the Eagles got a quarterback problem. And everybody thought that I had lost my darn mind you know, to make that assertion after what Carson off after the potential and what he had done to get them in position, you know, to win a Super Bowl. Uh, but the one thing that, you know, playing in the league for 13 years and being connected to it, you know, for another 20 plus, um, the one thing you learn is you learn how to read players and read their their body language and 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 you know how they how their teammates interact to things that happen, you know, in game. Um, you know, to you. And you could just see that, you know, not only did he have, did he not have a full grasp of, um, of the, of the team and the locker room, um, but he had begun to lose himself and it just, you know, perpetuated itself, you know, all the way to week 12 when they finally made the decision, you know, to bench him. And I thought it was a mistake to wait that long. I felt like if they would have did it earlier, that would have gave them time to rescue him and bring put him back in the game at some point. But when you wait till week 12, you pretty much, you know, and then your backup, your first year backup quarterback goes in and beats the number one defense in the NFL. You know, you're kind of stuck with the, with the position that, Hey, we got to stick with Jalen Hurst the rest of the way. And then, you know, everything else went to hell in the handbasket real, real pretty darn quick. Seth, I said this earlier and I said it, you know, to open the show, I said, this is a locker room thing. Like you said, mm -hmm. this guy hasn't grown up yet. He's too immature because, you know, when you're in that North Dakota State, whomever, wherever it is, you're like the number one dude. There's no NFL guys you're playing against. Man, I don't even – I had to look where North Dakota State up. I'm assuming it's in North Dakota. And he had everything given to him. And I said it with Barrett Brooks uh, this morning. 
this has turned into a locker room issue because like you said, you hear the same stuff in Indy that you heard in Philly. And when you hear you're not a good teammate, Tom Brady, when he got to Tampa, got all 90 guys' names, called every guy because he wanted to have a relationship with each and every single guy because he knew if he had to be critical, it was constructive instead of destructive. And that's, to me, it's one thing to be a DT and a quarterback on a team. you got different responsibilities. And then I asked, I asked Mark Tressman his question. I go, fundamentally, what's Carson Wentz's biggest problem? He goes, kick and throw the ball 70 yards down the field, Seth. He goes, ask him to throw a dump pass to a, to a running back out of the backfield. He can't. That's why in that Titans game, he's moving his hand. He's looking uncomfortable. He has awful moments. But like you said, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 3,600 yards, 95 quarterback rating. He's got a he's got nice numbers and brutal moments. Do you think Ron Rivera can fix him? I listen, I think he's broken, you know, beyond repair. I, you know, and, and I could be wrong, but this is this is just my my take from my experience. My experience is, you know, you watch a, a player develop. And I would say that 95% of the players that are drafted in the NFL, Dan, they they need three years to develop. You know, barring injuries and barring their, their development being arrested via injury, um, if they can be on the field playing for three years in a row, then by the time you get to year three, year four, you know what you got and – you know, he's only, he's either going to get better or he's going to plateau. Um, when you look at the situation with Carson, it's like, you know, do you not hear the chatter? Do, do you not hear what your teammates are saying? Do you not hear, you know, what Doug Peterson was trying to get you to do? You know, and everybody thought that, oh, you know, if he goes to Frank, Frank can straighten him out. Well, hell, if Frank can't straighten him out, what makes you think Ron Rivera is going to be able to straighten him out? You know, Frank is the guy you know, I had always said that Frank was the voice of reason, you know, when things were getting out of, out of, out of balance, as far as run the pass was concerned, when Frank was still there, he was the guy that could get in Doug Peterson's ear and be like, Hey, you know, we need to balance things up. He was the guy that was controlling Carson. So now, you know, things fall apart in Philadelphia. He goes to Indianapolis. He's got the guy, the one guy, you know, that can, that everybody thought that it, they could get him right. Okay, and he couldn't for the life of me. I just don't understand it. He could not figure out, you know, how to get this guy to open up his eyes and see. And listen, when he was in Philadelphia, I thought that, you know what, you know, his time away because of injury is a great opportunity for him to learn to look at Nick Foles and look at how Nick Foles handles himself and look at how Nick Foles, you know, gets everybody to to buy into to him because Nick Foles makes it about everybody else and never about himself. And I thought that he could learn from that process, but obviously, you know, um, you, you listen to the reports, you know, there was a lot of animosity and a lot of jealousy on his part. Um, and that's just not being able to grow up and just, you know, you have the opportunity to talk to a Ron Jaworski and, and, and guys, you know, who's been in the league, these veteran quarterbacks, that can tell you the importance of um, you being um, 
the leader of the team, you reaching out to everyone. And, and, and listen, I, I don't think that Tom Brady, you know, and I get what you're saying. I don't think that Tom Brady um, endeared himself to, you know, all 90 Tampa, Tampa guys so that if he had to be critical, um, you know, they would understand that it was constructive criticism so much more as it, he wanted him, those guys to know, hey, listen, I came here to win. Okay, I'm not above you, you know, in any shape, fashion, or form. You know, I'm another player on this team just like you. I just happen to be the quarterback. I need you in my corner. You know, I need to be in your corner. You're going to encourage me. I'm going to encourage you, you know, so on and so forth. Um, that's what being a great leader is really all about. It's really about, it's, it's, it's your ability to take the onus off of you Okay, and make it about everybody else understanding that a you're the you're the highest paid player on the team. You're going to get more of the accolades when things go right, and rightfully so. You're going to take more heat when things go sideways. But if you endear yourself the proper way as a quarterback, then those guys are going to lay out to make plays for you. They're going to run through a brick wall for you. They're going to pick you up when you get sacked. They're going to defend you when guys do dirty things to you on the field. OK, Carson Wentz just never got himself to that point in Philadelphia. He never got himself to that point in Indianapolis. And you could see the difference when Nick Foles got sacked. You know, every offensive lineman went to help him up when he scrambled. And that wasn't many times that he did his offensive lineman, his running backs, his wide receivers was there, you know, to protect him. When Jadavion and Kleine hit Carson Wentz in the back of the head and it was a dirty ass play. Not one single player on that team went to Carson Wentz's defense. See, when you've been around the game as long as I have and you played the game 13 years, you see stuff like that. You know, because if someone would have did that to Randall, okay, when I was playing, the defense would have came off the sideline. You understand what I'm saying? That it defense, been enough for that the defense hey, Seth, that defense. <laughs> <laughs> we would have came off the sideline. I'm telling you right now, it would have been a whole bunch of fines going on in today's game, but you can't do that to our quarterback and think you're going to get away with it because we're about to go upside your quarterback's head in a second. How about that? Boy, man, you, Andre Waters, and all them dudes, man, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be very careful about rolling around with that, that gang green. Let me get over now to the NFC here with Russell Wilson. Tell me if you subscribe to where I'm going with this. The Eagles sat back and got better, and it was a great day for the Eagles when Russell Wilson went to Denver, and here's why. You got one less dude now in that conference, and when you look at the conference, Seth, Green Bay's number two in salary cap issues. They got $48 million they got to get under by March 18th. You're talking Rams. They're $39 million over the salary cap. Dallas is in salary cap purgatory right now. They got to cut potentially Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper. The Eagles' position right now, because of what Howie did, and I know this is crazy for some people to accept. You're thirty million under the cap. You got eleven draft choices, three ones. You got a quarterback that stabilized the position. The Eagles are in a pretty good place right now today, on March 10th. Do you agree? They're in a damn good place. That's why I'm not a proponent of them running out, you know, going to get Russell Wilson or going to get Aaron Rodgers or going to get any of these high-priced quarterbacks. You know, I've been saying forever, and I go through it on Twitter with people. Every time I make a comment about it, every time that, you know, I get into a, 
a, a discussion about it. The Eagles are not the Eagles are not set from a roster standpoint to challenge for a Super Bowl as they are right now. Okay, that's a fact. I think that it's a misnomer, it's an anomaly, and it's really, really dangerous what the Rams did by going to get Matthew Stafford. And I think it's dangerous for the conversation to be like, well, you know, look what Joe Burrow did, okay? He got the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. So you need an elite-level quarterback to get that done, okay? All along, the Rams have – they had talent. Then they turn around, they bring in OBJ, you know. Then they bring in um, Von Von Miller. Miller towards the end of the season, you know. Two years ago, they went and they made a trade, you know, for arguably the top cornerback, you know, in the game. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, they they got, they've got, you know, an Aaron Donald, potentially the best defensive player, you know, in the game, arguably. Um, So when they went and they got Matthew Stafford, they realized they had everything they needed. All they needed was a competent quarterback that wouldn't puke on his shoes in pressure situations. And that's why the trade was made to ship golf to Detroit for Matthew Stafford, okay? Let's jump over on the other side, okay? You look at Joe Burrow. Now, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow isn't a major, major reason why, you know, that team had the success that it had because you can tell the swagger that he brings to the game, the confidence that he has when he steps on the field, the enthusiasm, everybody buys into that. This is the type of leadership that I'm talking about that one Carson Wentz lacks, okay? Um, But if all you had was Joe Burrow and you didn't have Joe Mixon, P. Ryan, um, Chase, Boyd, Higgins, Uzma, if you didn't have all those pieces, you're going to tell me that the Cincinnati Bengals would have went to the Super Bowl last year? Okay, so when I look at the Eagles and realize that from a talent perspective, their roster isn't close to what it needs to be for them to compete. And you got three first rounders in this draft in April and you got 11 total draft picks, which will allow you to improve your roster exponentially and the rookie quarterback on a quarterback on his rookie salary. Build your team. And then when if. If Jalen Hurts proves not to be the guy after next season, then you take your draft capital and you go and you get the quarterback that you need, okay? But if you just go get a quarterback right now, if Aaron Rodgers came to the Eagles right now as their structure, if Russell Wilson came to the Eagles right now as their structure, they're not winning anything. They're still not good enough to beat the Dallas Cowboys twice in the division, okay? So that being said, yeah, you might get in as a, as a seventh seed again or sixth seed, but guess what? You're going to get your ass bounced again the same way you got bounced this year by the two or the three seed, okay? So are you? what is it that you're doing? Don't waste this draft, draft capital, and people can't seem to understand that. They want the, hey, let's go get us a, 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 a franchise quarterback because guess what? That's what Cincinnati did, and they're in the Super Bowl. That's what the Rams did, and they just won the Super Bowl. Well, those teams were already loaded with talent and weapons, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I haven't even talked about the defensive side of the ball. If you look at when the Eagles played 
plus 500 teams this past year or playoff teams this past year, they got their asses handed to them in a major way. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right on the Bengals. Very underrated on how well that Bengals defense played. Let me let me go here with you on some free agents here. Bobby Wagner, and to me, hey, hey Seth, you, you may think I'm crazy, but I, I still think this guy's got some gas in the can, man. I mean, boy, would I love to see him, potentially a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, if he gets cut, you weaken the Cowboys, and you get – a good pass rusher at the right price if you're able to do it. I mean, would you go in free agency and would you try to go after a guy like Bobby Wagner? Because you're saying this to me all the time we talk, that for whatever reason, man, they got issues at linebacker. And I said this to um, a couple guys the other day. The linebackers on the on the Eagles right now, they're catchers and chasers. They're not hitters. They're not guys like you and Ray that put dudes in the hole on their back. They're catchers and chasers because, to me, they're not really in front linebackers and they keep the game in front of them. They're chasing. You know what I mean? And they're reaching. And they're all those kind of guys. They're like gatherers, man. You guys were hitters. And it sets a tone. Do you go after a guy like Bobby Wagner to solidify that defense a little more? Well, I think it depends on, you know, what the cost is going to be, you know? Um, listen, Bobby Wagner has been a perennial pro bowler and, you know, I think the interest is going to be, um, you know, quite extensive for his services. Um, I agree with you. I think he's got a lot of good football left in him. I think that, you know, he got caught up playing against a defensive line. that was pretty darn inefficient. Um, and you know, when you got guys in front of you, it's getting pushed off the ball and getting beat up. It's really, really tough to play the linebacker position, especially when you're playing only two guys, you know, a four, two front. Um, so there's an opportunity absolutely for, um, for the Eagles to improve that position. It just depends on, you know, what the cost is going to be. Um, I think that, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is a guy that changes the entire um, mindset of your defense, the way that he plays when he's healthy. I just don't think that, you know, the kind of money that this guy's made and the type of player that he's been um, when healthy, I don't think that, you know, the Eagles can afford it. Now, they're $30 million under the cap. You know, how many other guys are going to go? How much other um, cap space can you clear that will allow you to, um, you know, improve yourself in the free agent market? Seth, they got four guys. Um, from what I understand, uh, Darius Slay – Hardgrave and Fletcher, they're trying to restructure contact contracts to try to get more to be around 33, 32 million mm -hmm. under the cap. Just, just to throw that at you there. Right. But, you know, when you think about the money you have to set aside for these, you know, and, and one of the issues, you know, I got a sense that how we may trade out of one of these first round picks, because you got three of them and you know how the first round salary is scaled. That's a lot of money, not yeah. only 11 picks, you know, but you're talking about three first rounders, you know, while that all sounds great and whatnot, you know, when you start to think about 11 draft picks and three first rounders and this, just this draft alone, you know, if they had like 60 million, I'd feel more comfortable about, you know, their ability, you know, to be much more active in the free agent market. But you got to think, you know, my goodness, what they're going to need half of that just for the draft picks. If they decide to draft, all 11 picks and then have to figure out how to get 
you know, 15, 16, and 19 in the first round side. Um, so th there's there's still a lot that has to be figured out, you know, before, you know, the, the draft rolls around. And, you know, when you start talking about these players and more and more players, in my opinion, you're going to see more and more guys get get released. There's going to be other opportunities, you know, to 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 commandeer or bring in some of these other um, players, you know, who still have gas left in the tank. But financially, their team just couldn't, you know, couldn't couldn't afford to keep them anymore. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how active Howie actually gets and how creative he can be with a salary cap that, you know, hey, you're under. But you're not under by a massive amount, and you know you got a bunch of salary. You got you got a bunch of draft picks that you're gonna have to take care of. Couple last questions for you here, Seth. Um, there was a report by Jay Glazer today that the Eagles had a deal on the table for Calvin Ridley uh, before the whole thing happened with the gambling, and obviously that deal's now off the table. Do you read anything into that when you see him going after a veteran wide receiver like Calvin Ridley? Well, they need one. They 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 have they need one they have to have one and I understand that I understand the thinking because you know Calvin and Devonte played together at Alabama they're familiar with each other I'm pretty sure um, you know Devonte you know probably stood up on a soapbox for you know for that deal but they need a, a veteran wide receiver to go along with all these young wide receivers to kind of you know take them under the wing and teach them. It'd be one thing if you had a veteran quarterback like Tom Brady, you know, who could, you know, bring those young guys along. But you got a young quarterback that's trying to figure out his way into a starting, you know, position of being a franchise quarterback. And then you got, you know, um, you know, three wide receivers, four, if you throw John Hightower into the mix, um, that have all been drafted within the last three years. Um, and you have no veteran presence there other than Deshaun Jackson for, you know, for one year and, and they need help there, you know, and, and I hear all this talk about the Eagles potentially might be, you know, looking at another wide receiver in the draft and I tell people all the time, you, you realize the Eagles have committed 12, uh, 13 draft picks to wide to the wide receiver position in the last 12 drafts, you know, I mean, you just can't afford to continue to spend that kind of capital and make mistakes to the to the degree that they've made them because you're you know you're just burning draft picks that every single time that they have to pick another wide receiver you know that's another position that you don't get an opportunity to improve just because you made massive mistakes the last five years and how you drafted at the wide receiver position they find themselves there again you know and i think the best thing that they can do because they're going to give Jalen Rager another year. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to trade him. Nobody wants him, you know, for what, you know, they're not going to be able to get um, equal value for where they drafted him in return for the, the little production that he's been able to put up over the two years that he's been there. Um, so they're probably stuck with him for another year. So they're going to have to go and get a veteran somewhere, in my opinion. You know, who, who do you go get? You know, Mike Williams just got re-signed. Um, Godwin got Godwin, Godwin got Godwin, tagged. Godwin, you know, even if he didn't get tagged, you know, that they, they weren't going to let him walk. You got Gallup, you know, and and you know the Cowboys are trying to figure out figure out a way to get him re-signed. They don't want to let him go, um, especially if they make the decision on Cooper. Um, 
So you, you got to start to ask yourself, you know, some of the top guys, you know, people have been talking about Allen Robinson, but, you know, for the last two years has been un unproductive. Is that because of, you know, the situation in Chicago or is the guy, you know, tailing off? So there, there's a lot of questions that has to be answered, but I also think that, you know, the wide receiver position is a position that needs to be addressed more so in the free agent market than in the draft because they've already spent way too much capital at that position, in my opinion. Again, two last questions here. I want to sneak one more in on you here. Um, All good. Um, what's the biggest need? Let's leave the quarterback over here, Seth. Mm -hmm. Edge rusher, dominant linebacker, safety or corner, in your opinion, when you're looking at the way that they play, and you and I have gone over this, if you're 31st into the NFL in pass rushing, playing soft zones, dude, you're going to you're going to put historic numbers up on the defensive guys just by your alignment. Just by your alignment. And what you were talking about a couple minutes ago, Seth, when you got two shitty guys in front of you, two D tackles, I tell people this all the time. The line of scrimmage for the scrape lane for the linebacker moves back 2 yards. He makes the tackle three yards. You give that running back a three-yard start, he falls forward four yards. You're giving up four yards of carry yeah. if you've got two bad dudes not understanding or not talented enough to play a position. It's almost like a scheme thing and lack of talent at certain positions on the Eagle defense. The need that you see the most. Well, if they're going to continue to play that they the way that they play without implementing, you know, some variety in what they do, they're basically a four-man front. Um, you know, they'll get into some three-man front, you know, when they've got the game under control. Um, they'll mix in some five-man front, but, you know, they're highly predictable when they get in that front because you bring in, um, you bring in Avery. So he becomes a guy that you can add to the rush or he becomes a guy that you can drop. And when you're in that look, you're either you, – you, you're the you're only thing you can play is zone behind it, you know? I mean, because who is Avery going to cover? Right. If, 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 if you got to have help back there. Yeah, if he's, if he's going to be a true Sam backer, then that means you're going to line him up on the tight end and then he's going to cover the tight end in man situation. They don't do that. They'll zone drop him, you know, and he's like on an island, you know, very uncomfortable. You can see – that, you know, he's out of his element, um, but they've got to get more creative. But if they're going to continue to do things the way they did it last year, then by far the most important position is edge rusher. You know, they got to go and find a guy that can give them 10-plus sacks guaranteed every single year because they were just woeful, you know, from a pass rush standpoint. You had Josh Sweat, I believe, that um, that that tied, um, you know, Hargrave with seven and a half sacks, you know, each. Um Dan, listen, my best year of sacks, I had seven and a half. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? I you can't, can't think. Who's the last guy on the Eagles that had double-digit sack numbers? Um, That's a good question. I, mean, I, 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 I can't. You know what's funny? You were just talking about the receiver. The last guy was like uh, Jeremy Macklin that had 1,000 yards and 14 mm -hmm. at the wideout, and your edge rusher – I mean, the last – I mean, I can't think of a double-digit guy probably, that would on that probably, team. Probably Connor Barlow. You, you, you might have to go back that far. Because I'm, 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 just, I'm just trying to think. You know, BG got close. He got the nine, nine and a half, I believe it was, you know, the year before last. 
Um, but he has he's never had double digits. You know, Josh Sweat's never had double digits. Fletcher um, had it in 18, 10, 5. Okay. Well, I, I just, you know, y- you got to you gotta get better at the defensive end position. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking uh outside linebacker. Unless you're talking about a guy at the level of Vaughn Miller or Khalil Mack when he's 100%. I'm talking about a bona fide, true defensive end. 6'5", 6'6", 275 to 285 pounds. Yeah, they, they can line up on the right side against every team's best offensive lineman and give him the business all day long. I'm not talking about a guy that's 6'2", 265 pounds, that's going to line up against Tyron Smith who's 320-325 and get beat like a little redhead stepchild all day long, and you might beat him with one speed rush the entire day. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about that guy that's a difference maker. If if they're going to continue to play the way that they play and not implement any kind of of pressures into what they they do because they're afraid of coverage behind it, then you got to get better on the defensive line. Here, here, here you, please tell me if you disagree or you agree with me on Jalen Hurts' upside. I don't think it's a big upside, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not because he's not going to get better, Seth, at reading defenses or his arm strength or understanding the game. The style of play is not upside. Here, RG3, Cam Newton, um, Michael Vick. He's already had an injury at the end of this year on an ankle. Look at Lamar. Look at Lamar Jackson the last two years. He's been banged up. Production has gone down every year from his MVP season. Seth, to me, it's not so much that Jalen's not going to be a student of the game. He's he's not a wonderful kid to have in there, and he's going to get better. The style of play doesn't dictate a high ceiling of play because, look, I mean, he got banged up this year too and missed the game. I mean, do you agree? I mean, it's it's it, again all the intangibles. I think him solidifying it and calming the position down and putting some continuity at the position is all great, but it's not for long, man. Michael Vick, look at all these guys that played the position; they end up on a stretcher. Am I wrong? Well, I, I think my my greatest my greatest issue you know, with that philosophy is one, um, the landscape is littered with players who um, the experts and the gurus of the game said that they couldn't, yet they, they proved them wrong. That's, that's, that's my first, that's my first issue with saying what a guy can and cannot do, because if that was my mindset, if I thought like that, if I believed the nonsense that people said about me, then I wouldn't have never had the opportunity to realize my dream. I so so that's 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 the first piece. The you're floating not you're floating on a racial deal too, because a lot of the African American quarterbacks coming out of college, mm-hmm. you start limiting that part of the game too, Seth. Right. Then right. we go start going back to the 80s again. You know what I mean? Right. So my, my major issue, my major issue is uh, my main issue. I can remember when Lamar Jackson got drafted and when he came out, I was on speak for yourself on Fox with um, Colin Cowherd and Jason Whitlock. 
And I kept saying, I hope this guy, I hope that that um, that New England drafts him. I hope he gets drafted by New England. They wanted to know why. I said, because he'll have the opportunity to learn how to play the game behind Tom Brady while watching Tom Brady under the tutelage of Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. I said, most of the black quarterbacks who come into the NFL, they come in with this skill set like Randall Cunningham and um, Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton and RG3, okay? So you go through high school and you go through college being the greatest athlete, you know, on the field. And, yeah, you can throw the ball. You can make some plays. You know, the throwing game is different in high school and, 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 and in college. But because you have the legs, you know, you become a triple threat. And you can do some things that other quarterbacks who just sit in the pocket just purely they can't do. Like Steve Young, right? Steve Young was a nightmare to defend. Absolutely. But the difference is, is for me, I want to see these black quarterbacks be developed. Okay. Teach them how to play the position of quarterback. Okay. Teach them how to play from the pocket. And when everything else goes to hell in the handbasket, use your athleticism you know, to get out of the pocket and make something happen. But teach them how to read, pre-snap read a defense. Teach them how to um, go through a progression. Teach them how to get out of one play and get into a better play. I don't care whether it's a run play or a pass play before you begin to rely solely on your athleticism, okay? Because sooner or later, the law of averages is going to catch up with you if you're going if you're just going to be running around sooner or later, it's going to happen. Now, I say that, but I also look at a guy like Josh Allen because there was a lot of question marks after yeah. year one. And Josh Allen went to work in the in the offseason and came back a completely different person, completely different quarterback, a guy who could play from the pocket, a guy that made plays from the pocket. And when things went to hell in the handbasket, guess what? Now he's a threat, you know, running the ball, okay? So now if Jalen Hurts can go and get that kind of instruction, and I always say the biggest mistake that the collective bargaining agreement made in only allowing um, OTAs and only allowed to hit limited limited amount of times is, you know, it, what it also created was now my quarterback doesn't have the opportunity to spend time with his with his OC and his quarterback coach in the offseason because he's restricted from doing that. Okay. The greatest time, the greatest time of improvement for me was February after my rookie season because I came in on the 28th of February and I was in Philadelphia from the 28th of February until the coaches went on vacation in June and I sat in a room with Wade Phillips and we watched film and we went out in the field and we worked on stuff on the field, okay? And we watched film five days a week, five days a week, okay? These players don't get the opportunity to do that anymore. So any improvement that they make in the offseason, they pretty much got to do it on their own because they come in and the OTAs are three days. What can you get in, get done in three days? You got a young quarterback. He needs to be sitting with his coach so that they can look at film and go over what he what he's done wrong. If his quarterback coach is worth a flip and understands how to help make him better, he needs to be working with that guy every single day in the offseason 
on his mechanics and his footwork and, and where his eyes are and what he's looking, how to go through, you know, a progression. So the, a lot of these players have been handicapped because they got to go outside to get that help. And there's not a whole lot of people out there that really knows how to coach that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if, if Jalen Hurst can find that guy, you know, that can teach him how to play the position from the pocket first and then use your athleticism second, then I think that, you know, over time he can get better. If you know, not, he, then you're you know, right. Seth, he's going like, to be like all the rest of those guys. You know, Seth, you bring up a point that I learned from Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick went down to Jimmy Johnson's house and I said, and I go, here's a defensive guy going against and teaching the greatest um, quarterback of all time. And Belichick's response to me was kind of interesting. He goes, no, no, no. Josh McDaniel works on mechanics and all that. What Brady and I do, we play a game of chess. Belichick will put in front of him, they're two tablets. It's like a game of chess and they'll go like this. Minus 20, no backs. They've got, they're in a Tampa two. Where are you going with the ball? And these guys like play these war games and they play this. It's a, it's a different style. Like you were saying Seth about Lamar going and learning about situational play calling mm -hmm. and about situational plays and where you are. Uh, Belichick from what I hear at the end of practice on Thursdays, he'll sit there and he'll go, Hey, what happens? Two minutes left in the ball game. Okay. Onside kick. Group, let's see the group. He's constantly going over situations in the game so you're not surprised by what you see. To me, that is such a different way of coaching. Instead of just putting a game plan together and reading your playbook, okay, brown set, no backs. If these guys are in a uh, weak side of the field, we go with this play. Like John Gruden has plays designed for his quarterback, Belichick, has situational plays set up for, remember I told you, man, we went over that. How many times did you see those, those Patriot teams? They were so prepared always down in the red zone. Don't reach for the goal line. It's a fine if you guys were all that stuff. I don't think a lot of players get coached like that today. They get coached like the old school way. Hey, here, here here's double set, no backs. Hey, block and release on the tight end. And let's go with a brown set here or strong side set or weak side set, whatever. I mean, am I right that that's well, the difference I, with him? Well, I, I'll tell you this, you know, and just to close the whole Jalen Hurts thing. I think that, you know, these coaches do a disservice to these black quarterbacks, you know, by not developing their skill set. You know, you come in, they, they draft them and they devise a, a, an offense to fit their skill set why not fit their skill sets to your offense and then allow them to, you know, use their, their secondary, their, their main skill sets of being able to run. Like I said, when everything else breaks down now, moving to your comment about Bill Belichick, if there's one thing that I could do different in my career now, knowing what I know, what I know now, um, I would, spent a lot of time with quarterbacks on teams that I played with. And I have a lot of conversation with offensive coordinators about, okay, when you're calling plays, or when you're looking at a defense and you get a pre-snap read, what's your thought process? 
You know, I want to I want to get in their head and begin to think like they think. I think that's what made, you know, Ed Reed such a great player. Amazing. I think that's one I think that's one of the things that made, you know, Ray Lewis such a great anticipatory player, you know, because they were able to see things and look at the game and because it's one thing to learn your job. It's one thing for me to learn my playbook. It's another thing for me to study film and begin to play the game from inside your head while you're trying to attack me, okay? And if I know what to look at, if I know what things to to key on, you know, and I've and, and and I've conditioned myself. Even when the quarterback looks over here, I know he wants to throw over there. I mean, Ed Reed was a master at that. You know, you couldn't look that guy off. You couldn't look off Troy Polamalu. They wasn't buying that crap. You know, so if if and what Bill Belichick is doing, yeah, he spends time with with with, with Jimmy Johnson. You know, and he leaves the mechanics to Josh McDaniels. But guess what? You know, he's teaching his quarterback, you know, what he knows about defense. And now that's what made Tom Brady yep. such a great pre-snap quarterback is because, you know, if anybody knows every weakness in every defense and if anybody who's seen every defense, that's a guy like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was a cover two shell guy. You know, the Ryan brothers came in and coached under him for a while. He had some coaches, you know. They came in with an aggressive mindset. He learned how to play. You know, he learned other defenses. You know, I mean, people don't realize there was a time where Bill Belichick would line up, you know, when he had the players with Slade and, and, and McGinnis. Those guys would line up in a 30 front. And, you know, the quarterback would go in his cadence and they slide down into a 40 front. And one of those defensive ends would put his hand down on the ground and just completely screw up the blocking scheme. You know, so you're talking about a guy who's seen it all and done it all. The benefit is to the quarterback because once he starts to talk to that quarterback about defenses, okay, because every defense has a strength and a weakness. And if that quarterback can understand pre-snap what that weakness is, he already knows where to go with the ball. He already knows what play to check to even in the run game. He already knows, okay, are they in the even front? They're in the odd front. They're overshifted in the over. They're in the under, Okay. They're in the even front. Do we want to run the ball? I mean, because we already went through this in, in, in our meeting. When they give us this look, this is what we want to check to. And you're going to give those kind of that kind of toolbox to a guy like Tom Brady? You're damn right he's going to win seven Super Bowls. <laughs> All right. Hey, Seth, I'll, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out the door, and I promise you here, here's the last one. 1986 Giants. Gang Green or 85 Bears? Who you taking? Well, you know, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I, I am Hey, you biased. can be humble. I'm, I'm, I'm biased, man. I'm biased <laughs> because, you know, I listen, I played. Hey, Reggie's the, right there with LT. So, I mean, I played, I, I played with some of the greatest players to ever play on the defensive side of the football, man. And, you know, it kind of it kind of burned my ass a little bit. Chris Collinsworth during the Super Bowl. Oh, you know Aaron Donald might be the greatest defensive oh, player God. ever. And I tweeted him like, "Are you out of your damn mind? Did you forget Reggie White? Did you forget Lawrence Taylor?" I'm like, I'm not saying that Aaron Donald isn't a great player. He ain't. Seth, he don't he, play the run. Listen, he he is not he is not Reggie White. No, and he is not Lawrence Taylor. And he might not be Bruce Smith. Let's take it a step further, okay? Dude. 
I'm with you, man. So, I mean, that hump throw that Reggie had, I've never seen more all pros thrown on their bonnet. And I used to ask Jerome, have you tried that? He goes, I don't know. He just gets his body in. And then when they lean on him, he comes over and swims him. I'm like, I have never – to me, I called that that move like Kareem Skyhook. No one's been ever able to duplicate that thing. And when I heard them saying Aaron Donald's the best defensive lineman, I was like, man, that year he got drafted to the Eagles. When he came out of the Birmingham Stallions, I think he had 20-some-odd sacks in eight games. Twelve. Dude. I remember. He had twenty. He had over 20 sacks in 12 games. Unbelievable. Dude. That game brings my favorite defense. It's my favorite defense because you guys put the wood to everybody. Seth, we I just, love you, man. Just, Thank you. you. You got it. We just don't get the love because we could never close the deal. Yeah, well, you know what, too? I think the Fog Bowl, man. Jerome said he couldn't see shit in that game in Chicago. <laughs> and he goes like this. Hey, I ain't going to say too much, but Randall couldn't see anything in that game. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> Hey, Seth, anytime you need me, please, man. I love talking with you. Thank you, my friend. You got it, man. Take care. You got it. Seth Joyner, the great Seth Joyner. Please do me a favor. Hit the like button. By the way, guys, there's great support going on for Big Sills here now with Manscaped. Guys, these guys are the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped protects the family jewels better than anybody else on the planet, including Fort Knox. You got it. Join the over 4 million men worldwide. That trust Manscaped with an effective offer now. This is an exclusive offer for you, too. 20% off for free worldwide shipping. Use the promo code Cilio, S as in Sam, I-L-E-O, Manscaped.com. That's like 8 million pairs. Or no, 8 million balls out there, huh, man? Oh, yeah, by the way, the legendary package. See it right here? Your balls will thank me. Look at that there. Even got a pair of shorts in here for you. How you done? Oh, Legendary Weed Whacker. <laughs> right? Legendary Weed Whacker. All right, get the 20% off. Free shipping. Use the promo code Cilio. S as in Sam. I-L-E-O. That's Manscaped.com. 20% off for free shipping. Manscaped.com. Please use the promo code Cilio to gain your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. Manscaped.com. Tell them Big Sales sent you. We'll talk a lot about what Seth said. Hit the, hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back. National Football Show with your boy Big Phil. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. How great was Seth, man, spending so much time with us like that? He is really turning out to be a really great friend. Man, that's the great thing about the brotherhood of the NFL, and especially when you know people who know. Um, you know, you know, all the things that are going on. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We really, really, really appreciate the fact that he spends that much time with us there. So Really wonderful there, too. So, again, hopefully everybody got an opportunity to listen to what he said. As you could tell, Seth is more of a believer in building the football team through the draft, and he's good with Jalen Hurts right now. Okay? He's good with Hurts. Okay? I mean, he's good with it. So, bottom line here is, you know – he, but, but, but know this too. Seth's looking at it through the prism of how football teams have always been built too. And if you're looking at the last two Super Bowl champions, they've been built completely differently. Okay? They've been built completely differently. So we'll see here. Now, by the way, we're going to know more about the future of Deshaun Watson. That's more like this. You don't have a Super Bowl team right now. You just don't have a Super Bowl championship roster right now. This team has got to improve defensively. Because when you play against better teams and you play against better schemes and you play against better coordinators, your quarterback isn't efficient enough, you don't have a deal, where you can go to your wideouts, your wideout room's not the best. Hey, hey, it was great to see Calvin Ridley was in the bullseye of the Eagles. Jay Glazer reporting that. Okay, Glazer reporting that. 
So, I mean, no question about it here, man. I mean, I, I really loved what he said, too. Scheme's got to improve. The, the absolute scheme's got to improve here. Do me a favor. Let's rank. Let's rank the quarterbacks in the East now. One, two, three, four. Oh, baseball's back? <laughs> okay. Yeah, wake me up in October. Wake me up in October. I can't think of another storyline outside of Shohei Otani last year. Okay, outside of Shohei Otani. What was the story in baseball last year? Bryce Harper winning the MVP? Great. Isn't it funny? The Washington Nationals got better when Bryce Harper wasn't on their team. How's that? I mean, I don't know how people look at that, but I looked at it like this. So wait a minute. The Washington Nationals, who are a perennial one-round getting bounced franchise, the day and the year they get rid of Bryce Harper, they win the series? Really? Baseball is the most team-oriented sport, even more so than football and definitely hoop. You don't have to have the best player on your team to win a World Series. You don't. That Kansas City Royals team, can you name me a great player on that Royals team that won the World Series a few years ago? They had great middle relief, and they had great closers in the back end of that rotation. There was no superstars on that baseball team, and they won a World Series. Look at the Rays. How can you be the Rays and dominate the American League East? And spend $60 million on your payroll. The Yankees, the Yankees and the Red Sox combined spent almost a half a billion dollars on salaries. And the Rays spent 60 million bucks. Perennial 95 win team, always in the postseason, a threat to win the World Series. You talk about the ultimate money ball, it's not in Oakland. It's in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a freak show on how they get things done. But it's boring baseball. It has no ratings. Nobody even goes to the games. Now, wake me up when it's interesting again. Okay? Honestly. That's why football's taking over. All right. I asked you the question. Rank me the quarterbacks in the, in, in the NFC East. Is Dak the number one quarterback in the East? Is he? You know what, guys? I think you could do this. Watch this. I think you could go like this. Put your hand in there. Pull a guy out. Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz. Probably Dak is a little better. Das says Dak and Wentz. Maniac has got Hurts, Dak, Wentz, Trubisky. Obviously, he thinks Trubisky's going to the Giants. I have, I absolutely think so too. Steve, Tampa Bay is so great with their farm system. It really is, man. They they got a phenomenal farm system. 
and how they've developed players. I mean, they they just do. When they lost Carl Crawford one year, and they bring up that that uh, what was his name, um, Brandon Jennings or something like that. They brought him up. They didn't miss a beat. They got such great talent. They end up sending out Evan Longoria. I covered that team for ten years. I never seen anything like it. Get rid of David Price. It didn't matter. They got better. I mean, it's just tremendous how they run that organization. Uh, Stu Sternberg does really a great job. You know, when they took over the team from Vince Lamoli and Stu Sternberg put in, um, you know, really great management. And now look at this, too. You had Joe Madden in there at one time. Now you got Kevin Cash, and he's one of the best managers in the sport now. It's crazy. Brady. <laughs> Where's Brady playing? Philly, Philly skipped a bullet with Ridley. I don't know about that, man. Hey, David. Oh, my God, David. Think about that, man. If they had made the trade, if they had made the trade and then that story breaks, Philadelphia would have been stuck with a guy who was suspended. That's a great, that's a great take. When the Eagles roll out five, five and six new starters on defense, don't expect great things until halfway through the season as it will take time for this new bunch of defenders with rookies to start to gel. Yeah, okay. There's going to be a maturation process that people are going to have to go through, even if you, with free agents also. Carlos goes, Sills, Cowgirls already ramping up for failure. You mean ramping down, dude. They got to start dumping guys. They do. They just they got to start dumping guys. Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence. Wentz always folds to Dak. Am I right, Steve? Is is Dak Prescott like nine and one versus Washington? Is he like nine and one versus them? I don't think he's lost very many ball games versus Washington. Okay. Everybody wanted Calvin Ridley. I didn't. He's a top flight guy. Can you believe all the wide receivers that come out of Alabama and the way they do, and the way they're starting to produce? Dude, if you're a top flight wide receiver in college football today, you're most likely coming out of Alabama. I never would have believed it. Nick Saban and his program, I mean, it, it's, it's where all the high school prospects that are wideouts go to. And by the way, when you look at the salary cap number, $18 million versus $9 million in backs, people today don't want to be running backs. They want to be wide receivers. That transformation has happened. Dak is 6-0 and in the division. I thought it was higher than that. I thought it was better than that. Let's see here. Where did the best edge rushers come from? Sydney? Truthfully, Ohio State. I think Ohio State is producing the best edge rushers right now. I think they have a really good understanding of how to develop guys on the edge. I mean, it's not just the Boza brothers, too. Chase Young's out of that joint. You got a bunch of guys that really, in the defensive line, Ohio State produces some pretty good defensive football players. You know, when you think about edge rushers, for Alabama, can you name one? Bama's more interior tackles, DTs, 
and on the other side, OTs and OGs, right? And wide receivers, obviously. And the kid this year, too, the linebacker, is a Heisman Trophy candidate. The linebacker won the Buckus Award last year. He's a player, too. Edge rushers, though, they sit. I would throw Clemson into that conversation a little bit, too. Paul says, Dak Wentz hurts Jones. Susan says, who is your favorite edge rusher the Eagles could draft? You got to remember something, Susan. You got to talk about availability and where they'll be in the draft. So Hutchinson and Thibodeau, in my opinion, won't be there. And I'm starting to think that the kid from Purdue won't be there. To me, it's going to be Jermaine Johnson. Or I do believe, and by the way, Trayvon Walker improved his his draft status because he ran a 4.75 at six foot five and a half. Man, that kid can move. And I thought he was really the linchpin that really kept that whole thing going. So, yeah, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of those two guys. Or I would go into looking into free agency. But to me, if I'm looking at free agency and edge rushers, Melvin Ingram, Von Miller, do I want to pay that kind of money for that? So I would be most – here, look, I'm okay – I'm okay with Jermaine Johnson. If I end up with him, I think Jermaine Johnson. Or how about this? Two players that most likely will be there, Jermaine Johnson and David Ajabo. I might have an issue with Ajabo because I don't know if he's played enough games for me to sit here and go like this. Yeah, you know, that guy looks like the guy. You know, I mean, he was on the other side of Hutchinson. I mean, I thought that defense got rolled by Georgia. That says, imagine if we get Davis, Dean, and Walker. Hey, imagine if you did this. If you got Jermaine Johnson and you got Demarcus Lawrence and you got Bobby, you know, and you went out – and you brought in Bobby Wagner. I'd really like to have Bobby Wagner. I'd really like to have him, like, on my football team. I'd like to have that. Absolutely, man. Hey, look, guys, I got to take a time out here, okay? Do me a favor. Hit the like. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, National Football Show. Guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much. I know there's a lot of misinformation out there right now when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Some publications are saying that the Eagles are not in the conversation. Mike Florio begs to differ. Florio's pretty plugged in. Lots going to really be determined on what happens on Friday. Okay? Lots going to be determined. I don't believe he's going to be indicted. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that... He's going to not have another hurdle to get over. He's going to have to probably deal with Troy Vincent. And he's probably going to have to deal with Roger Goodell. Okay? In some form or fashion, there's probably going to be something out there. According to Mike Florio, here are your favorites to land Deshaun Watson. Six. The Cardinals. How much is it out of the realm of possibility that the Cardinals move off of Kyler Murray because he's pissed them off so much in demanding a new contract. Kyler Murray has worn his welcome out already with Steve Kime, the general manager. Nobody's happy. Did you see what the Bidwells did? The Bidwells extended the GM and the head coach just to show the agent and the quarterback where their loyalty is. This is a direct shot at Kyler Murray. Dude, you're not going to push this franchise around and you're not making business decisions in a playoff game so that you could squeeze us for another deal. You know, I lost a lot of respect for Kyler Murray. I did. I lost respect for Kyler. 
So the Cardinals are in the conversation. And by the way, the Cardinals aren't afraid to move off of quarterbacks. They realized Josh Rosen sucked. They went right back the next year and went in the first round and got Kyler Murray. So if you're Kyler Murray's people, you know they're not shy to move off of something and move on to the next thing. They are not shy. Number five, Barrett and I kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, the Steelers, this is not really in the Steelers wheelhouse here. You know, this is not really in their weir- in their wheelhouse to have issues. They, they don't like that kind of stuff out there. You know, they don't like that, that media stuff where people can gravitate to maybe, maybe that's not it. Maybe it's more this. They don't like the noise. You know what I'm saying? They don't like the noise. It's not what that organization really enjoys. They don't like noise like that. But the Steelers, according to Mike Florio, are five. Number four, the Buccaneers. I think the Glazers are another organization like that. The Glazers are not. They're not. They're not an organization that also likes that kind of stuff. The Glaciers own Manchester United. Um, They're a very proud franchise. Um, They really like what went on with Jameis Winston and how Jameis Winston was constantly in issues. You know, they're an organization too. But again, when you have guys on your football team where you know you're just that quarterback away from potentially winning a Super Bowl and you see a guy like Deshaun Watson out there, the Buccaneers are going to get in that conversation. The Bucs are a great organization. They really are. The Glaciers are a great organization. Bucks are at four. Number three. By the way, the musical chairs of the quarterbacks hasn't ended yet. Kyler Murray could be in play. And this next guy, Kirk Cousins, could be in play. The Minnesota Vikings are three. They're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, according to Mike Florio. And they're saying that bringing a guy, look at what they got Jefferson up there. (laughs) You mentioned Deshaun Watson and Jefferson slinging it around in that division. Deshaun Watson and Jefferson versus Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Dude, that division got interesting all of a sudden. Mart says, Bucks don't have the money. New collective bargaining agreement, you do have the money. Redo contracts and defer. Number two, according to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. The Philadelphia Eagles are number two. Ended the Sean Watson sweepstakes. Why? Because they have the assets. Because they have the draft capital. Because if you're Nick Casario, guys, I don't care what anybody says, and I don't care what any media page says, and I don't really care what people are throwing out there against the wall. Deshaun doesn't want to play. That's not what we're talking about here. The Texans are not going to send Deshaun Watson where he wants to go. 
or Deshaun Watson, you know what they're, you know, you know what I think Texans are going to do? Can I tell you what I think they're going to do? If they don't get what they want in a deal and in a package to trade that guy, I think they're going to, I think what they're going to start doing with the league, they're going to start exposing the things that have gone on and they're going to drop that guy's value and you're going to be looking at that guy and you know what they're going to probably say to him? Either you take this deal or dude, you won't be playing in this league. They may blackball that guy. You got enough ammo to do it. Some would say, why would they do that? You think I'm going to send you to where you want to play? We wanted you here. You're either going to go where we want you to go, play here, or you ain't playing. That's Colin Kaepernick that. Ask him that. And by the way, they can get out of that contract. You know how? Conduct detrimental. Void the contract. By March 18th, if that deal's not done, they're going to void the contract. Conduct, watch this. Say he's indicted. Why wouldn't you void the contract and then deal him? I don't have to pay him. Neither would anybody else. So if I were Deshaun Watson's people and Rusty Harden, I'd be careful how I crapped all over the Texans. You void that contract? You void the contract. Who's p- <laughs> And then he's been indicted? You think there's an NFL team that will pick him up? No way. They'll collude on that. Everyone thinks Deshaun Watson has the upper hand in this. I think he has the upper hand. How? You keep opening your face. You notice that the agent and everybody hasn't really said anything in this. They've been quiet. They haven't opened their face. Texans haven't opened their mouth. The league hasn't opened their mouth. They have dealt with this case more so than any other player behind the scenes. Has anything been public? Think about this. Has anything been public about this case? No. No. So, I'm Deshaun. Let's settle some of these. Let's see if we can get that number down from 22 to five. I'm going to get $40 million. On the 18th, I'll pay it for peace of mind. And if I have to sit out, I sit out, whatever. Okay? Texans and the NFL have handled this, I think, as great as you can. Because these crazy questions still are out there. Dude, how come you didn't suspend him? How come you paid him? How come there's been no question of, I mean, the Texans didn't even think about playing him. Well, we're going to get some answers Friday. By all indications, from what I'm understanding, 
he's not going to be indicted. If he is, I think the Texans void the contract. I think they void the contract. Then they void the contract. Who takes the leap of faith with a guy who potentially could go to prison and is going to be suspended by the league another year? Are you going to do that? Are you going to bring Deshaun Watson in not knowing if he can? By the way, he'll be officially released. Are you going to bring a guy who's going to go to jail? A sexual predator is what they're going to probably label him. That's why everybody's been kind of like walking on eggshells around this case. This case has been this case has been the most complex thing I've ever seen happen. Okay? It has clearly been the most complex that I've ever seen. Guys, I really appreciate it. You guys have been utterly sensational. Please hit the like button. Don't forget, we'll be on the middle tomorrow. And if you missed any of the show, go back and watch it. Seth Joyner was spectacular. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.